<laughs> I O U sometimes Y. Yeah, sometimes vowels? Y. Is that how vowels work? I think. Did we forget A? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Maybe I don't I know. Mean, it's an article. It'll be okay. True. Uh, but yeah. Hello. Hi, hello, everybody. Blue's welcome. back. I am. I am back. Yeah. Welcome or welcome back to you guys as well to uh, BNB Anime. It has been. I feel like it's been a long time, but it's just because, like, Brad's been doing a lot of solo podcasts recently, and we've kind of been all over the place with our schedule, but school is done now. Yeah, look at you. Congratulations. I'm so proud. Thank you. Um, Yeah, so, and now I kind of know what I'm getting into for, you know, next semester and everything. It was just, like, it's the first time I've been back to school in seven or eight years, so it was a big adjustment period. Yeah, yeah, I would I would say so. I'd say it's probably been a very huge adjustment period. Yeah. But you've made good friends, and you seem like you've had fun, as stressful as all that it was. So, hey, it all works out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, today we are covering How's Moving Castle. Yeah. Studio Ghibli, it's about time. It is. I feel is. like it's been a hot minute since we've done a Ghibli film. I know, and I haven't, um, I haven't watched any Ghibli films up until doing this podcast so i'm kind of watching them for the first time and then talking about them here on the podcast oh so this was your first time seeing house moving castle it was a, oh yeah. exciting every ghibli film that we have covered on the podcast so far has been my first response to the first viewing so um, i'm gonna keep it that way i've kind of been intentionally not watching any ghibli films because of that mm-hmm. so um yeah first time watching it fancy yeah, uh, I really liked this one. Spoiler alert. I really liked this one. Oh, major spoiler alert, everyone. Whatever will we do? So, I know. as far as it ranks against all of the others that we've seen up to this point, or you've seen up to this point, rather, how mm. does it fare against everything else? I have a... I think this one and Kiki's Delivery Service are, are my top two at oh. the moment. I don't know why Kiki's Delivery Service is really stuck in my brain. That's the one that I picture even more than like My Neighbor Totoro or um, I can't even remember the other one that we covered. Spirited Away? Spirited Away! I, for some reason, like I know like like No Face and, and like you like you know the characters even if you're just like in the anime circle a, a little bit. You know them. So you know like how many I, people you just alienated with that, though? Spirited Away is, like, top tier as far I as know. Ghibli films go I know, for so many people. But for some reason, it's less memorable to me than Kiki's Delivery Service, which is... I mean, yeah. Kiki's Delivery... I feel like the big three, whenever it comes to... Or, I guess, big four, rather, are all the ones that we have covered. Yeah. With... Typically, Spirited Away and Howls sitting in most people's like top tier, mm-hmm. but then Totoro and Kiki's Delivery Service not too far behind as far yeah. as like what's typically in people's favorite spots. Howls is actually my second favorite out of all the Ghibli films with Spirited Away being the first. So it was really nice to sit down and watch this again. The biggest thing for me is mm. it was different watching this with Podcast Brain. Oh, okay. I'm curious. But before we get into that, I do have some exciting stuff to talk about. Okay. First of all, new arc of Demon Slayer has started. Ooh. I'm so excited. That was such a good episode to start off with. Good. I'm glad. 
So Mugen Train has officially come to an end. We've gotten started on the Entertainment District arc. We got introduced to the Sound Hashira like fully. We got introduced to his three wives who are actually animated now. Right. And it's fantastic. I'm really enjoying what we've seen so far. The new OP is top notch. I feel like the animation just keeps getting better and better and better. My God. Good. I'm glad. So it's a lot of fun. Other than that, sword art. Sword art. Oh, it's so good. Um, yeah. Good. I'm glad. It was fantastic. I loved it. And because of that, I've got good news. Oh, do you now? So she'd probably kill me if I talk about it on the podcast, but I don't give a shit. Mm Mm-hmm. So, the girlfriend's an anime fan now. <gasps> How could you, I don't, like, could you possibly, like, really long-term date someone who wasn't at least, like, wouldn't sit down and watch an anime with you? You see, I'm the kind of person to where I can, as long as they go into it knowing and understanding that anime is a huge part of my life, always has been, and now due to considering what we do for work. Yeah. It always forever will be. Yeah. So as long as they know that going into it, then I could deal with it. However, I feel like for me, it means more to me as long as you're willing to give it a try. Yeah. So we sit down after the credits roll in Progressive. Mm -hmm. And after the credits roll, it goes through the little uh, end credit scene, which, by the way, uh, here's our news for the week. They've officially announced SAO Progressive 2. The second film is coming to theaters next year. So huh. shameless plug. So after the credits roll, we're just sitting there and Lane just looks at me and she goes, is that it? <laughs> There's I was like, no what, more. What do you mean? Is that it? She's like, is that all we get? Like she said, there's a hundred floors and we only got the first one. And <laughs> I was like, I know. So I was like, technically, there is more. There's technically about a hundred more episodes of Sword Art. Mm. But I was like, as far as this is concerned, like this whole arc is done. If you want to go watch like SAO 1, the first arc, don't watch the second arc because that's shit. Mm. But no, as far as this is concerned, this movie was it until the next one comes out next year. And she's like, oh, well, that sucks. Yeah. And at that point, I knew I had her. I was like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't. That's really cute. I'm glad that I'm glad that you're hooked, that you got her hooked. Because I don't know, <laughs> I don't know that if I, I don't know that I could be in a relationship with someone that wouldn't like sit down and watch something with me. Like that would be, it would be like you don't have to be obsessed with anime like I am, but like I would like to share this, you know. Mm-hmm. And like she plays video games, and she's mm-hmm. getting more and more open to video games as well. So at least as long as there's some sort of connection there, I was like this will work because she's cool mm-hmm. and i was like okay so i can make this work but then after she sat through sao she's like okay i can actually do this but she's like don't show me anything like super weird and i was like no food wars got it <laughs> at least not yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't think food wars is a good starter out of me well she's got such a bad taste because of you know how people were in school i'm sure you had those people that wore the headbands and naruto run through the hallways and you know hissed at people (laughs) yeah so that gave her a really bad rep but also i think one of her like previous relationships watched a lot of um sponsors bleep this out but uh (laughs) adult anime 
Uh, yes. Yeah. The ones that you can't find on that Crunchyroll and Funimation. You got to go to um, <laughs> those sites. The ones that have censoring. Yes. <laughs> I, I was about to say tentacles, but I was like, nope, Food Wars. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's not. <laughs> yeah, and so that also kind of turned her off to it. I was like, darling, listen. That's not anime. That is hentai. You don't different genre. Yeah, that that's completely different. That no. Well, that's like saying that just like regular film and porn are the same thing. You know, like yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I explained that to her. I said, "Look," I said, "As you can see from this," and I was like, "This is actually a fantastic example of what anime is because it's meant for adults, and the animation is top notch." Like. Mm. Progressive was beautiful. I legitimately think I gave it a 10 out of 10 last week. And after having watched it again with her, without having to have podcast brain turned on, like I completely shut that off and just enjoyed the film for what it is. Because yes, I paid to see it twice. Don't judge me. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, yeah, it totally deserved the 10 out of 10 that I gave it. Like it was just a beautiful retelling of one of my, favorite franchises but it's also a good example to her that anime is not something that's bad they have some very outlying stuff like prison school and whatnot that can kind of give you know anime for some people a bad taste but on the flip side of things like it can also just be these beautiful masterpieces and so don't dislike an entire genre just for one you know adult related subject or these other things that are just very etchy Mm. I, was, I was like, there is an anime for everyone. You just have to find that balance for that individual. Yeah. So now next question, follow-up question to this is, how, what's the next step for her? What are you introducing her to next? Mm, that's a very good question because she loves romance. She loves comedies. Okay. So. Tanaka-kun? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Tanaka-kun would be an easier one to sell mm. if Tanaka-kun had a dub. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Because I don't want to show her anything subject because I don't need to turn her off to something that I'm like finally starting to weasel my way in with. Okay, fair point. So I've got a couple different ideas. Um, you're lying, April, for one. <laughs> That's horrible. No, okay, give a few nice ones before you get into that. <laughs> but no, legitimately, I was thinking either like your name or weathering with you. Because mm-hmm. she's seen some Ghibli films growing up. I think she's seen Totoro and Kiki's Delivery Service. So honestly, Howl's would be a fantastic option to show her or Spirited Away or something along those lines. But Your Name and Weathering With You or even I Want to Eat Your Pancreas were three big ones that popped into my mind. I was like, hey, she would actually really enjoy these mm-hmm. and get emotionally attached yeah, to uh- the characters and whatnot that go along with it. Fair warning, if you introduce her to Howl's, uh, she will have a new crash. I'll be fine. <laughs> I have a beautiful, gorgeous beard, so I think I'm covered. Mm, I don't know. He can do magic. True. True. Very true. And she's a big Harry Potter nerd, so fuck. Yeah, uh, that's a fair, fair warning with that one. That'll be okay. Um, I mean, I'm just looking at the past animes that we've covered for things that that might appeal well, here's another thing. She's also a respiratory therapist, so she's big into science. So you know what I'm thinking. Oh, oh, Dr. Stone's on the yeah, table. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Stone's definitely on the table. Um, I honestly feel like, is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon would be funny? Just to, It would like... be funny, but I still think that's a bit too etchy for her okay, right maybe. now. 
maybe i don't know i i dove right into the deep end when i started watching anime so like my level of easing someone in doesn't exist i'm well, like i mean i'm right wars. there with you but <laughs> well i mean considering the first time you talked to tree about anime you immediately tried to throw him into fucking what was that keijo yeah yep so but no i i try to give like as honest of recommendations as i can oh, oh that might be a good one but that's a little long yeah, but it's so adorable. Oh, it is. It's amazing. And I love it. And I think after I show her a couple more films, I can get her into something more, a little bit long term, because there's three seasons. Akko's In would be a good little film to watch. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. But no, at some point, I do want to show her Tonica Kuhn. And what else have we covered that I want to eventually show her and try to get her hooked on? Uh... Arte might be quite good. A little romance, almost, kind of. Suggested romance. Suggested. Uh, Kaguya-sama is actually on the top of my list of as far as, like, rom-coms to show her. Mm-hmm. Ah, Bunny Girl. See, this is another one of, like, making people sad. But it's incredibly intelligent, and I feel like that would probably sit with her a little bit better. Yeah. So, I was thinking, like, that, or... I don't know. Like, I have so many options. But no, she will eventually watch your line April with me and she will cry. Yes. Yeah. For those out there watching, yes, Brad is just as big of an asshole as he sounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, other exciting things. So for those that are unaware and have been living under a rock every time that we have gone over our outros, I stream. Not only do I stream, mm. I'm an affiliated streamer who just drew some more emotes. And they're fantastic. I love them. What did you think? I thought they were great. Thank you. So good. That's the first time I've drawn two in like a year. So I was really pleased with how those came out. No, they're great. I really like them. They turned out well. I'm pleased. Yes. Um, I also have news. Oh, what you got? Uh, I have I have um, news that I was referred to via Philip DeFranco. So if you watch his channel, you already know this. Spoiler alert. Or if you've like been on YouTube in the anime circuit the past couple of days, you probably know about this. Oh. So what happened is, let me just get my receipts because you know my brain don't work. Um, a channel called Totally Not Mark um, is an anime review channel on YouTube that's like big and successful and has been doing this for years to the point where he is now not just a YouTuber, he's a company. He has employees to work for him to do these anime reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tohei Studios just copyrighted um, I think it was like 150 of his videos. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, and considering that he puts out one video a week, very similar to how we do this podcast, that's about three years worth of work that mm-hmm. has just been completely taken from his channel and and uh, demonetized and um and like had to be removed. This studio uh, Toei has also uh, then reached out to him on separate occasions, trying to work with him to like for promo. Um, Toy Studio is actually a studio that we have discussed previously for misconduct throughout their studio. It's not one that we're not familiar with, with them kind of being a little bit unsavory, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is just layering more um, negativity, I feel like, in the anime communi- community, especially in the new wave of new generation of anime community um, with the studio. So, yeah. 
And considering we are in a period of transition where anime is becoming more and more popular, mm-hmm. then you have a studio like Toei that does things like Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. What the fuck are y'all doing? Yep. Like genuinely, what the fuck? Now is not the time to be trying to alienate fans and piss people off. Yeah. And all the other stuff that we talked about earlier this year. But do not come after content creators that are trying to, you know, help bolster a brand and bring, like, eyes to y'all's product. Yeah. See, this is the, uh, for those who don't know, um, the way copyright works on YouTube is that you can either get a copyright strike or um, a copyright claim. Um, the difference between them is that if you get a certain number of strikes, I think it's three strikes within a month or some, or three months or something, you will have your channel terminated. Um, whereas if they have a claim, all it does is it then takes the monetization for the video and it gives it to the other party automatically. And then you can dispute this claim, and which is what this YouTuber did. He disputed this claim. And the claim then goes back to the um, the person who claimed it and in this case, Toy Studios, who then gets to say whether or not it was a real claim or not. So it's just staying within those two parties. YouTube has not stepped in. If this has gone back, like back and forth, back and forth that many times, then it is on the people to then take it to court and have a situation. Obviously, that's one YouTuber against an entire animation studio. The conversation gets a little bit more interesting around this, though, regarding the fact that... Um, Fair use laws are incredibly different globally. So in North America, in most of Europe, in in the vast majority of what we would consider our YouTube realm, fair use is is a law that states that if you take um, a piece of content and you transform it, for instance, you take a clip of a 20-minute long video, you take 30 seconds, you show the 30 seconds, then you discuss what happened during those 30 seconds and break it down. That's transformative content. So you're not technically stealing that 30 seconds, even though you didn't create 30 seconds yourself, right? So that's considered fair use. And it's there so that people can do things like review and um, uh, like critiques and and all of this other transformative content, make edits, uh, fan edits, things like that. Those are all transformative content, so long as they're not taking the whole idea. And it's, it's that way, it's set that way to protect both the artist and then the reviewer, right? Japan, though, doesn't have those same copyright laws, those same um, fair use laws. In fact, they don't really have a fair use law at all. I'm not going to go into the specifics of it. If you do want more information on it, I do recommend going to Philip DeFranco's channel and checking out his video. It was from a couple of days ago. um, I think probably Wednesday of the week before this podcast goes up. It was probably then. Um, if I remember correctly, but it'll be right in the title. Um, it's it's the YouTuber. What, I forgot his name already. Um, that's bad. Um, totally not Mark is right in the title of that episode, so you can find it there on Philip DeFranco's YouTube channel, where he goes into the discussions of the actual differences in law that I find quite fascinating. But um, the for me, the big topic of conversation around this is more to do with the internal workings of toy animation and how on one side of toy animation they are sending out copyright claims to YouTubers for any kind of transformative content, taking down 150 videos for a YouTuber that has been 
very successful in promoting their work because obviously reviewers do that. We review an anime, it promotes it to people. They then watch the anime if they're curious about the review, right? So positive promotion, it comes from even negative reviews. Um, and uh, But at that same time, Toy Studio is also reaching out to this content creator to work with them for other forms of promotion. It's one of those mind-blowing things of like the left hand and the right hand are just not connecting. And I found that very fascinating that they don't have an internal system via each person. Like if they have like like, you think that they would have a program where it's like, oh, um, there's a successful YouTuber who's using our videos. I'm just going to look them up in our program to see if we've ever worked with them before. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know. Those were my thoughts. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make sense at all. And it's very shitty to be like, hey, so listen, we're going to try to take claim of all of your videos. Also, while we're at it, you want to work with us and we'll give you some money? <laughs> yeah. Like, what the hell? Yeah, we've just stolen 150 videos worth of revenue for you. Three years worth of work and profit we've just taken. But hey, you want to work together? Like, yeah. just how... So That's frustrating. It is. Yeah, it's very, very frustrating. But since this movement, um, that specific YouTuber and a couple of other YouTubers, a lot of people in the anime community have called for a boycott for that studio. People not covering content from them. Um, and uh, and not watching the new Dragon Ball movie when that comes out. Yeah, um, I mean, because of that, and I've been a lifelong Dragon Ball fan. Mm-hmm. And ever since that shit came out earlier this year about how they treated the employees who went by a different name or different pronouns, whatever that situation was, and then now with this and how underhanded that is, I can't go and support the film. Yeah. Like, it's not right to go and support them after, you know, doing all of that. And I realize I am just one individual. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it does uh, bring up the conversation to with you guys. Like, how do you feel about it? Are you, as a just an anime watcher and someone who doesn't make content surrounding anime, does this change your perspective on the studio? Do you care? Are you a fan of the YouTubers that have been affected? Um, are you going to go watch the Dragon Ball film? If you were already going to watch the Dragon Ball film, has this changed your perspective? Um, yeah, I'm very curious about all of your guys' answers and, and conversations around this topic because I feel like um, you can't really have been like a younger millennial or um, Gen Z and not been involved somewhat in a copyright claim conversation at some point. I feel like all of our YouTubers that we grew up around have had this conversation. I, it was very a very big conversation with like when H3 was getting sued, and I think he's getting sued again now for um, copyright claims. Like it's something that we kind of always grew up around. So to see it happening specifically in the anime community is. Um, and not like within like creator to creator, seeing this with studio to creator. Um, I don't know. I feel like this is kind of going to set the precedent for what other studios start to do in the future. Mm-hmm. And I think any sort of backlash will also kind of serve as not necessarily a warning, but also as kind of a, hey, you know, like we are fans and 
we have a lot more power kind of than what we give ourselves credit for mm. in the community. And there have been a lot of situations where studios have had to go back and change things or like take, for instance, what happened with cyberpunk and the fan backlash on that yeah. and kind of how that caused and changed things. So we, as fans, we have power to make change in the world for the better. Yeah. And, and then that brings up the topic of conversation of how much do Japanese studios rely on their international audience for profit because of course that's the only way we affect them is via profit and and reputation and thus profit via reputation um but how much are they trying to get from an international audience is it worth it to them to fight this battle lose their international audience but still have a solid audience in Japan because I don't feel like these creators are going to be very big in Japan they are creators for an English-speaking audience reviewing anime for an English-speaking audience so does Toei Animation care that they're ruining their reputation in the rest of the world if they have a solid base in Japan well Take, for instance, Ufotable mm. and how much money they made worldwide, mm. not just domestically, but worldwide off of Mugen Train. Mm. That could have been a lot different if, say, Ufotable did the kind of stuff that Toei Animation's doing and they pissed off their audience. Yeah. Because, yeah, they, it did, how much was it? Over $500 million. Something like that, yeah. And the worldwide box office. Yeah. So, yeah, don't, I don't know. It's a touchy situation, but that's a lot of revenue that they can mess out on. And think about how huge Dragon Ball is. Uh, globally was $477 million. Is that what they're saying? That isn't, yeah, million. So $477 million. Out of a total of 503 million. So 90, about 90-ish percent of everything that was made on that film was made not domestically, but globally. Yeah. It would not have hit budget if it wasn't for the global audience, for the amount of money that they poured into that. So put that into perspective for Dragon Ball and the potential that it has, because as someone who has been to a release of Dragon Ball films in the past, like say whenever Broly came out in theaters or resurrection f or battle of the gods mm. those theaters are packed for ages mm -hmm. like those tickets sell out immediately so if fans just completely said nah fuck it that's a lot of revenue to lose out on worldwide yeah well i think this is a more and more and more within the past five years i'd say i'm gonna put it at five we're starting to see East Asian culture and media becoming incredibly successful in North America and Europe and Australia, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, K-pop has completely taken over the world. Anime has boomed like it's never been before. It, it is now, like, mainstream to watch anime. Like, I don't, I don't think I know anyone who hasn't seen at least some form of anime, whereas growing up it was the vast majority of people had not seen anime. Mm -hmm. You don't get bullied for it anymore. Like, what is this? Yeah, if only we could be growing up now, our lives would be so much different, mate. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, but that, that was one thing that I came across, and I thought that it would be an interesting topic to discuss. Oh, 100%. Mm -hmm. So, on top of that, and the girlfriend talk, there's our 
There's our tangents <laughs> for the week. Yes, we have covered them. So let's move on to Howl's Moving Castle. So, Howl's Moving Castle was initially a fantasy novel written mm-hmm. by British author Diana Wayne Jones. Ooh. It was first published in 1986. It was a runner-up for the annual Boston Globe Horn Book Award. Mm. And the film was actually nominated for an Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. Fuck off outside. I am talking. I am important. But it Why lost so to another. Loud? It lost to another British creation. Oh, what did it lose to? Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Boo. <laughs> Anime. Yeah, it's, it is. It's it's um claymation. Anime. Claymation. Anime. Claymation. Claymation's so cool. Oh, it is incredibly cool. And it's yeah. so painstaking how they have to make that stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the amount of work that go into claymation films. Like, I can totally understand why it didn't stick around for as long as it would. Mm. But there's such fantastic films. Like, a lot of older Christmas films and whatnot are made that way. Yeah. Um, uh... I grew up watching a whole lot of, of claymation. I it, I think it was way more popular in Europe than it ever was kind of globally. It, it kind of became a bit of a British phenomenon to make claymation. Wallace mm-hmm. and Gromit's a fantastic example of of why. Chicken Run is another another example. I think there was a, a flushed away film from the same studio that um, uh, did well internationally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, claymation. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. But yeah. also, anime! Anime! So, as we've already said earlier in this episode, House Moving Castle is a Studio Ghibli film. Therefore, it was obviously directed and had the screenplay done by Hayao Miyazaki. Mm. And the film came out in 2004. Yes. In autumn. On November 20th. Yeah. Mm. So... The budget for the film was $24 million, and the U.S. or the global box office, it made $226 million. So mm-hmm. it eclipsed its entire budget by a thousand percent. So good job. Yay! Yeah. You do it, Studio Ghibli. You do it. <laughs> so it is uh, rated G, which is, yeah, fitting for the whole thing. It's very much a G film. Oh, 100%. Yep. Um, it is an hour and 59 minutes, so pretty much two hours on the dot. Um, it has been licensed by Walt Disney Studios, which I find interesting, and because of that, is on Canadian Netflix. And if you're in the States, you got to find it on HBO Max or, you know, get yourself a VPN. <laughs> yeah, just hop on over to Canada for a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it ha- on Anime Planet, it is rated a 4.44 out of 5 or an 8.88 out of 10. On my anime list, it is an 8.66 out of 10. So an 8.77 for the middle. Yeah. <laughs> nice easy maths today. Um, and I'm sure has- that helps your brain. It does, yes. It also has a very nice drop rate of 0.10. Hey, hey so, look at that. Yeah, it's been super easy maths. Very much enjoyed that. <laughs> Look at you go. You had the easy job this week. I did have the easy job. I'm trying to see where it stands with other films that we've reviewed. So films tend to do, I have them set up differently on our spreadsheet here. But for example, for another Ghibli film, we have Kiki's Delivery Service has a 0.17% drop rate. So that is a 0.07% difference, which for films is quite considerable. 
Mm-hmm. It is, I think it is the lowest drop rate of anything. I think this is the lowest drop rate of anything. I'm just looking to see if I can find something that is lower than this. And I don't think that, I think this has the best drop rate of anything that we have so Oh, no, no, I found something. Your name has a 0.02. Haha, Darling in the Fronx reference. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the only thing that we have so far covered, unless there is something that I have missed or haven't quite updated because I, I don't have the spreadsheet all the way up to date. Sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, that is, that's the only other thing I can see that has a better drop rate than this. So really, really good scores are across the board. Oh, 100%. And it also just kind of goes to show to kind of the similarities that are drawn between Miyazaki and Shinkai, Makoto Shinkai. That's the dude. So it's totally understandable to understand the similarities that are drawn between Miyazaki and Shinkai, Mm -hmm. with Shinkai being labeled as the modern day Miyazaki. And Mm -hmm. it goes to show in both of their works. Yeah, 100%. Okay, should we jump into the plot? Yeah, plot! Um, I will give a quick overview before we track on those spoiler chicken hats. So, this is a film about a girl who um, is, uh, she's just like a hat maker. She's just chilling um in her little small town and she is kind of like the plain daughter she's a bit of a plain jane of the family um and uh one day she just uh kind of bumps into a wizard for a bit and the how and they have a a good old time together whilst this is happening there is um a war situation happening which is the kind of the big plot line of the story and um they encounter some rather bizarre uh folk along the way um and obviously you have a villain so you know (laughs) regular storyline plot line um it is a very very cute film and has some fantastic side characters so yeah do recommend to give it a watch fantastic side characters fantastic visuals for this to be almost two decades old holy shit is it pretty yes very pretty and um you may fall in love while watching this film, just to let you know. Oh? Main characters. Just putting that out there. <laughs> blue blue got a blue got a new crush all of a sudden? Absolutely. Yeah. You heard it here first, and I now have more info for the descriptions. So good job. <laughs> My phone buzzed. Who do you want? That didn't make any I mean, sense. Obviously they want you. <laughs> I meant to say who are you and what do you want? <laughs> oh my god yeah there's nobody else here it's just me (laughs) they only get me Uh, (laughs) i was gonna say you're the only one with your phone number (laughs) i'm the only one with i'm the only me that there is funny that right uh yeah right who would have thought who would have thought yes um yeah i uh did you watch it subbed or dubbed i watched it dubbed and what did you think of the dubs dub was fantastic they had a great cast um batman was howl Mm. so it was cool yeah interesting sub was great too so either way that you watch it sounds good let's put those chicken hats on spoiler chicken hats on yeah okay i don't even know how to begin this hat shop hat shop um younger sister who is wearing a lot of makeup that's probably some of the most makeup i've seen in an anime uh yeah, and all on one person at that. Yeah. Um 
plain Jane Sona hats, bumps into Howl, and then they go flying around. It's a fun time. That's pretty much it. Then they get chased by Goop. Goop, yeah. It's What is that horror film that's like the giant Marmite blob that's like rolling through the streets from like the 1950s? I don't know. I think it's it just hilarious. Called, I genuinely think it's just called The Blob. I'm going to Google it. So, you know what film is genuinely yeah. hilarious for what it is? What? Eight-Legged Freaks. Oh. Like, it's supposed to be a scary film about spiders. Mm-hmm. It's kind of very comical, not going to lie. Like, that was one of my favorite horror films growing up. Now, it's obviously Cabin in the Woods, because Cabin in the Woods is a fucking film masterpiece. Yes. Um, I found the blob and I'm looking at images and this is hilarious. It's a 1958 sci-fi horror film. Um, The tagline is, it eats you alive! I would be disappointed if it didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I have, that's another thing that I have strange knowledge on is 1950s horror films because my parents love them. You know, knowing your parents, especially your dad, I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. Creature of the Black Lagoon was probably one of the first horror films I ever watched. Oh, hey, what do you know? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, swiftly moving on. I got distracted. Bunny hole. Um, Bunny hole? Bunny hole. uh, That's a thing that the twins have implemented into my vocabulary. Oh, hey, what do you know? I think it's a reference to Alice in Wonderland. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Also, hi, twins. Hi, twins. Um, Yes. Yes. Okay, so they're they're uh they're running away from the blob in the air and um blobbing along, <coughs> singing a song at the bottom of the beautiful briny sea. If anybody gets that reference, <coughs> <laughs> there's gonna be a small amount of people that do, and like everyone else is just gonna be confused. Uh, <laughs> then she goes to the hat shop and she's talking to her family and we kind of get introduced to her family and she's yeah it's very much established that she's plain jane character um and she's kind of already fallen all over in love with howl at this point and i'm with her honestly he was very charming and um then uh she goes into her shop it's late at night and all of a sudden this almost like raw doll style grotesque looking woman walks in the door you know what i mean Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I feel like, I, I think it was uh, the Twits or the Witches, or I can't remember which one of his children's books that he wrote in, but he wrote a comparison that's always stuck in my brain, and there was little um, illustrations that went along with it that was like, no matter how, uh, uh, no matter what you look like, um, your beauty will always shine through or something, and it had two depictions of two old women, and mm-hmm. they were both like conventionally unattractive but one of them looked so calming and adorable and sweet and the other one looked so horrific and scary and they were so very similar but you could clearly see how their personalities reflected through into their physical appearance and i think this is a fantastic case of that there are a lot of um parts of this villain who are who is considered to be stereotypically unattractive but that's not what makes her unattractive it is her grotesqueness that sets you on edge it she's not just like a uh because i feel like the argument for a lot of there could be an argument for um you just made the villain plus size because you had to make a villain evil and obesity is evil you know what i mean and they could be Mm -hmm. like that argument for it but i really feel like that that was not the thing that made her so grotesque no it was genuinely her personality because later on whenever she gets all of her magic taken away from her and she becomes like sweet senile old lady she's very sweet yeah and i don't hate her no. I'm like, oh, she's adorable. Like, she could be grandma. But then she, 
you know, ruins everything multiple times. Yes. And yet yeah. she's not the main villain. No. You're led to believe she's the main villain, but she's not. No. Oh, it's ah. so dumb. Yeah. Um, and at yeah, the I end feel like of the there's... day, the main villain is inside of us all along. Right. <clears throat> Brad was the main villain the whole time. Hey, don't you Scooby-Doo me. <laughs> I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you meddling blue. And that dog. Oh, I miss Bean. How I is Bean? Bean. Uh, so far, all the updates I've had are good. I, I Skyped my parents the other day, and um, I spoke to her through the camera, and she didn't understand it all and was very confused. So, <laughs> I'm sure you're excited to go see her here in a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, I'm super excited to head on home. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so uh, then they uh, he ditches, and she goes back to her hat shop, where she then... Old lady comes in, is evil, curses her to the curse of age. Um, and part of the curse is that she can't say that she's been cursed. So, um, Sophie then grabs all of her bits and bobs together, gets herself a, a little knapsack of, of food and cheese and bread, chucks that on over her shoulder and treks out of the village to where she is heading just towards like witches and wizards and I don't actually really know where she didn't really say she ever had a destination but she's heading towards magical people to try and get the curse reversed. Yeah, I think she was actually trying to go meet Howl. Okay. Because she saw where his castle was heading. So she's like, okay, I'm going to head in that direction and maybe I'll end up meeting up with him at some point or another. Yeah. Uh but either way she can't stay where she is because all of a sudden she's turned into an old woman and that would just confuse people and it would be very strange. So she knows that she has to leave. Mm -hmm. So, um, she then along the way, uh, tries to get herself a walking stick and ends up with a scarecrow and, um, Scarecrow is best boy. He is best. I was thinking that while watching the film, I was like, yeah, he's best boy. <laughs> oh, more so than a lot of other characters that we're going to talk about in our anime awards here in a couple weeks. Yeah. Sca Scarecrow's best boy. Honestly, he, he ranks high in those, in the, in the best boy category. Oh, 100%. It turns out he's actually a boy. Mm -hmm. What a plot twist. What a plot twist. Yeah. Um, so they end up getting kind of, well, Sophie ends up getting kind of swept up by um, the castle, the moving castle, where we are introduced to Markle and Calcifer, who are... Um, Casper is the fire that runs the whole thing, it's how it moves, and Markle's kind of the, the little boy who I'm assuming is kind of an apprentice to Howl. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he is a young wizard who uh, kind of helps out with all of the errands of the place. This castle is obviously magical and can teleport places really, like, it doesn't really teleport, but it can take you to play. you know what I mean? It Mm -hmm. It's like Monsters, Inc. Yeah. But you yeah. get to choose where the door goes. Yeah. It's like a portal. Hey, I've played that game. The cake is a lie. The cake is 100% a lie. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> I don't think you can really spoil that anymore. I feel like that's, that's a very known fact. I feel like people that have never played Portal know the cake is a lie, and yet they don't understand where it's from. No, they just know the saying, but they don't get it. Nope. Um... Yeah, uh, so then requests for war kind of happened. Sophie becomes a cleaner. Um, Howl and them kind of bond for a bit. There's like a, a while where it's just kind of them getting to know each other, which is, I really appreciate that. 
And Sophie cleaning literally everything. Who'd have thought that dirty, disgusting place could look so nice? I know. I know. I feel like that's like a Ghibli theme. It's like you can't have a Ghibli film without cleaning. I 100% agree. Yeah. But I feel like also because of this getting to know each other scene, I feel like the film, don't take this the wrong way, Mm. but I feel like this film drug, not in a bad way. It just seemed really long. I, think I enjoyed every bit of it, but I think, I don't know if it's just because it's two hours. I was going to say, it's one of the longest we've seen so far in the game. I film. think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just, just for some reason, I felt like it drug on, like it took me forever to watch it. And I love the film. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know if it's just this bit because I, and having seen the film before too, I don't think that helped. But did it feel like it kind of drug to you at all without dragging? Does that make sense? I I feel, I know what you mean. It's a long story. And I feel like the, what we're seeing here is that um, Ghibli films are films about nothing. This is something we've kind of established before. They're films where not much happens. My Neighbor Tojo is a fantastic example of that. It's, they are films of everyday people in situations that are unusual, as opposed to films of extraordinary people in situations that are unusual. So because of that, they are very soft and gentle and like a slow moving stream as opposed to a rushing river of content. And because this one is two hours, which is actually longer than the others, it does have those moments of not where you're feeling like, oh, this is taking forever. It's just you're like, oh, I'm on a bit of a time crunch and I'm still watching this film. And But it's not a bad thing. It just is. Mm-hmm. It's just a slower paced film. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely interesting to kind of get back into the swing of Ghibli things, but also plot holes galore. Yeah, uh, yeah, there were plot holes. There was also an animation thing that I don't know if it was intentional or not. Um, but Sophie's, she, you know how she has her plait down her hair and she has two ribbons, one at the top, one at the bottom. The mm-hmm. one at the top sometimes disappears throughout the film. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like when she was really old, the plait couldn't sustain both ribbons, so it disappeared. But then I I wonder why, because none of her other clothing changed, just the ribbon changed. You know what I mean? Like, it was that I would have preferred it if the ribbon had either never been there or always been there. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, I agree. It could have been a thing where they just forgot. Yeah. But outside of that as well, um, her shifting between young and old never Mm -hmm. gets explained. No. No, it whenever doesn't. She, whenever she becomes young, her hair doesn't change color either. No. It's like, just because then you're left with the idea that at the end of the film, you're left with the idea that the reason why she's able to reverse her curse was because she fell in love, right? But because her hair doesn't change, it makes you wonder if she doesn't really love him. Mm-hmm. And then, not just that, her mom. It's another bad case of bad anime mom. Yeah. Yeah. Because that doesn't get explained. No. No, because I was watching that and I was thinking, wait, does she see her as regular Sophie or does she see her as an old woman? Like, is it is it that Sophie is only old to herself and to magical things? Or is it that Sophie is old to everyone and her mom is just a shit mom? Like, what's... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have so many questions. Yeah. It's such a good film, though. This is the thing. It's such a good film. It's like you're sitting here, you're going, this doesn't make any sense, but I love it. Yeah, like I'm I'm left so confused. But at 
the end of the day, my heart is also full. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. It's like eating a really good meal, but still just being like, eh. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't know how I feel. No, it's, that's like, that's kind of exactly what it's like. It's like having an ice cream flavor that you've never had before. And you're like, I really like ice cream. This is, I'm enjoying this, but what is this flavor? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just podcast brain. I don't know. See, this is the thing is we do tend to dissect things when we watch them. We kind of just watch them to enjoy them when we're reviewing them for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the type of film that you watch to enjoy. You don't watch this to think hard. No, definitely not. I thought too hard. My brain hurt. Yeah. Also, I inhaled way too much xylene this week. What the fuck is xylene? Uh, it's a very hot paint solvent. Fun. So, yeah, I had to run a delivery this week, and two of the five-gallon jugs of xylene busted on the back of the van, oh. and I had, like, five hours worth of deliveries to make. Oh. So, I was higher than a kite. And for the past three days, I've had a splitting headache. Love that. So it finally started to subside today until, you know, I took another delivery and got back in the van that still reeks of xylene. No. So, yeah, fun week. Yeah, I had a migraine for the first couple of days this week. Ew, that's no fun. I know, it was no fun. And I missed and my last class week. because of it. Yeah. That sucks. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, like a mandatory viewing class, but I liked that professor and I didn't get to say goodbye. And I was like, oh, this is I'll sad. I'll just email him goodbye. It'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, I will. But like also. But also, there's always next semester. And you can we always were, go. We were doing collages cat. in that class. I could have made a collage. I haven't made a collage since I was in like primary school. But when did you really want to make the collage? It was part of my grade. Well, I did. I made it at home, but like I could have done it in class. I mean, hey, at least you got it made. And I don't know when the time when the last time I made a collage was. I don't know. A college collage. A, a college judge. A collage. A collages. A college. Uh, you made a college. I made a or a collage. Collage. A, a co- <laughs> That's so dumb. That's like if you have like several different types of hair colors, but they fade from one to another. Then it's a collage. I think only Janessa's going to get that joke. But on that same note, though, what? I'm sure you're very used to that. Yeah. Because your hair has been all over the place, mate. Has. But yet so fancy. Janessa does such a great job. Does. Yes. Agreed. Anyway, back to the movie. Yeah. Uh, what, are, what are we at time like? 718. Um... What do we now talk about? We kind of got halfway through the plot and then stopped. So, yeah. So then Sophie goes uh, and meets up with Hal, uh, uh, the, Hal and they have a fun old time. And then war happens and he sends Sophie off to like, hey, be my mom so I can run away. And she's like, fine, whatever. Um, and runs off to be his mom. Meets the royal witch um, who's kind of a bitch. And yeah, uh, makes them all walk up the stairs, which like rude. How dare you make us walk and exercise? Um, yeah, because Sophie's an old lady, and yeah. the Witch of the Waste is, like Blue described earlier, just old, grotesque, out of shape. Yeah. And also, she makes Sophie carry her dog um, yeah. that can fly with its ears. Uh-huh. But that's also never spoke about. Just, like, the one time it can fly with its ears, and then for the rest of the time it's useless. Um, yeah. uh, and, uh, and, yeah, so then... Um, Hal comes to check up on them because shit hits the fan. 
then I fly away on a flying machine and it's very Chitty Chitty Bang Bang-esque and I kind of love that this whole film kind of reminds me of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang for some reason. Um, and uh, then they go to a flower field for a bit. Um, uh, Howl is turning into a bird. Hashtag crow. <laughs> and, <laughs> and war happens. Propaganda flies from the ceiling. The house falls apart. And bombs also fly from the ceiling. Bombs also fly from the ceiling. Um, Owl flies from the ceiling on a bomb. <laughs> everyone's just flying from the ceiling, uh, including the dog with ears. I mean, most yep. dogs have ears, but like, <laughs> <laughs> this is Dumbo dog, and um, <laughs> and then she's slowly turning human and not human, and then they're in a flower field again. But it's baby Howl and um, a tiny fire spirit. And it's his actual heart, not like, not like emotional heart, like the organ. Old woman steals it for a bit. Everyone's fine. And that's the film. Yep. Howl gets his heart back. Fire spirit decides to come back for some unknown reason because he was bored and missed everyone. Yeah. It wasn't raining when he came back. He's like, oh, it's going to rain soon. Yeah. He's like, and I missed you guys. I I think he just missed them. Friendship. He just found his family. Also, sorcerer lady at the palace. It's did just she chill. Start the war? Yeah, like, and the did thing she is, start the war? Well, did well, she call off the war? What the fuck? It's so confusing because she's like, "We need Hal to end this war because um, people are dying," and then she's like, "Oh, let me just call the prime minister real quick, and we'll just stop the war." And it's like, you could have just called the prime minister in the beginning. Why? Why also, all the shenanigans? Who, who was the prince? Was the prince Hal? I think she called the prince Hal. But like, also that one random dude came in, and he he was according the. the the king or the prince or whatever for a bit and then ran off and then but Hal was also her apprentice the whole thing kind of seems like she was like I'm mad that you left me so I'm gonna shit on the entire world and then make you come back and apologize oh you're happy now fine I guess you can I can let you be that's kind of but like people are dying throughout this whole film because there's actual war on yeah don't uh, my brain hurts and then, and then it turns out the scarecrow is a pince, print, a pince, is a prince from a foreign land, and he's like, "Ah, oh, just kidding. You don't love me, but you are my one true love." Like that's horrible, and he's not even sad about it, and he so he just leaves. But it's also like, couldn't you have given him a one true love elsewhere? Like, could did you have to say true love? Couldn't it just been like, oh, the person you love has to, but like true love, so he has no chance with anybody else now, like. Did you have to make them soulmates? Like, could it have just been, like, casual? Oh, yeah, if she has a crush on you, then you can go. Like, that's so sad. Yeah, it's big sad. I don't I don't get it. It's so <laughs> it was, sad. And it was so glossed over, but it was so unnecessarily sad. It could have just been something like, oh, you had to get a, pr- uh, a kiss from an innocent maiden or a, a kiss from someone who has pure intention or something, you know? Yep, but no. One true love. And he's like, oh, people's hearts changed. I'll be back. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. I've never been so confused. Yeah. Um, but still, good film. Very good film. Love the film. Very much enjoyed. Had a fantastic time despite all of this. Yeah, don't, again, don't ever take our shit talking for what it is. No, yeah, you just I'm, have to get it out. There's shit that has to be vented about. I love. I'm fully willing to rate this film like a nine, even though it makes no sense. Oh, you're gonna give it a nine? I'm gonna give it an eight. Yeah, we swapped. We reversed. I know. Look at that. Just too many plot holes. 
I kind of love the plot holes because it makes me think about it after the fact, which is so hypocritical of me because I tear things to shreds that have plot holes. If there is anything <laughs> that we cover that makes you think, that takes you back to reality, to where you're like, oh my god, why? How was he able to just get out of the hospital and walk? Why didn't anyone stop him? But no, we have pointed out a metric ton of plot holes, and you're like, fuck it, nine. It's because I like it so much. I don't know. It's like, it takes me to, like, childhood imagination and, like, dreamland, where shit just does not make sense, but you have the best time. And I think all of it is anime. We all have a good time. You know, but no, you don't, because you show me sad things. I can show you a lot more sad things. No, don't. I hold back. This made me so happy. It was just, and it was, and they got together in the end. And they kissed on a airship, and it was very cute. And it reminds me of a blimp for some reason. I guess it's the war vibes. I don't know. <laughs> Next thing I know, there's going to be ninety nine red balloons. Like I don't. So with all those bombings and everything's happened, did you get some Full Metal Alchemist vibes? I got World War Two vibes, but yeah, sure that too. Well, I mean, that's also World War Two vibes if you consider uh full metal alchemist so that yeah. makes sense yeah yeah but yeah overall good time it's a fantastic film i love yeah. it solid eight solid nine i think it's great don't go into it with a brain shut your brain yeah, off don't go into it with a brain do not go into this to try to cover it on a podcast <laughs> no just watch it for the funsies it's a great time to watch for funsies yeah i'll have to show this to the girlfriend i think she'll enjoy it yeah it's very sweet very romance, very magical. I want to cosplay. Having a great time. But I swear to God, if she leaves me for a howl body pillow, I'm going to be pissed. On, I'm, it's a risk, my guy. <laughs> he was even hot when he was a bird. Like, it's... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. And for some reason, his childish tantrum about his physical appearance just seemed kind of charming. I don't mood. know why it wasn't annoying. <laughs> like, it should have... I mean, mood. <laughs> I'm not pretty anymore. Slam, yeah. slam, turns to goop. <laughs> Honestly. Because his hair dye uh, went wrong? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I don't get it because I've never had a bad, bad hair dye job because thanks to Janessa. But, um, you know, I get, like, shit hitting the fan with that. I don't yeah, know. He's we, big mood. I love him. We get it. Yeah. That everything? That's everything. <laughs> So you can find Blue on Instagram and Twitter at Blue Lavender STM. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't, I don't have any other spiel past that. No, no. Um, and uh, and you can find Brad on Twitch at Brad Cards Gaming. He's streaming literally right after we're recording, so um, you missed that stream. But you can find more streams. There are streams. Um, and yeah, so check that out. He's also on Instagram under the same handle. We have shit on BNB Anime. Um, so if you're curious about when we're not rambling like lunatics, because I feel like today we just had no brains. Uh, but normally I feel like we have slightly more brain. So you can find us on the socials at BNB Anime, pretty much on everything. We also have a website at bnbanime.com where you can find um www. don't forget those sometimes the website screws up if you don't put the w's in i don't know why we 
have tried to fix it. It works sometimes and doesn't others. But um, yeah, you can find our previously archived episodes there along with links to your favorite listening platform where we're on like Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you're curious about what we're on, check out the website. It'll be there. Or you can just download it straight from the website. We also have a comment section there. We also have YouTube. YouTube is a week behind us. So if you're listening to this on YouTube, you are a week behind. You have an extra episode that you can listen to if you wish. Go on to Spotify or some shit because we're there. Um, but while you're on YouTube or anything else, please make sure to like and or follow or do the subscribe thing. Do the subscribe things. Yeah, that way you get notified whenever we drop episodes, which is every Sunday at 930, except for YouTube has been lacking behind here lately for some reason. I'm not sure why. Yes, but turn the bell on to all, all that shit. You know, the way that it goes. Also, put your comments in the comments section or hit us up in those DMs for the conversations that we talked about today. I'm super, super curious about the copyright thing and what you guys feel about that. How do you guys feel about House Moving Castle? How does it rank to you in the Ghibli film set? What do you think? Um, and also, what's your favorite Ghibli film? I want to know. Yeah, tell us all the things. Yeah. That it? That's it. So thank you all so much for listening, Blue, and I greatly appreciate it. Next week, who knows? We'll figure something out. Our schedule is basically dead to us right now. Yes, but soon we have end of the year stuff, fun stuff coming. So look at yeah, that. Yeah, so not this coming week, or not this coming Sunday, but the next Sunday starts our end of the year review, where we go through everything that we've covered from top to bottom and let you know what we think is the worst from the best. And then finally, our last episode of the year is going to be our anime awards. Yeah. We go through everything for anime of the year, OP and ED of the year, best boy, best girl, all that fun stuff. Yes, and let us know if you have any categories that you think would be fun for us to shove in there at the anime awards. For instance, best broomstick, or uh, I mean scarecrow. That's what I meant. Don't know why I said broomstick. (laughs) I tell you why. It's because there on my anime list. This is such a uh, specific thing. On my anime list, there is the witch of the waste of voice actor is called Miwa. Uh, Akihiro, right? And her profile mm-hmm. picture, for some reason, when I'm looking at her out the corner of my eye, because she has like yellow dyed hair, like very vibrant yellow, and then a black headband. And when I see her out the corner of my eye, I see Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty to me just makes me think of brooms because of the sweeping scene where she was trying to keep up a cake with a broom, but she hadn't baked the cake yet and it was full. Anyway, that's why I was thinking <laughs> brooms because <laughs> of ADHD. Uh, that's hilarious. I love it. But yeah. Bye, guys. Yep. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>